Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's go back to 2011. Look at the World Cup with Squidge. Let's go back. Oh baby, let's go back with Squidge. Hello and welcome to the Squidge Rugby and Whatever Fiji were doing World Cup retrospective, in which we look at the 2011 Rugby and Whatever Fiji were doing World Cup and analyse all of the Rugby and Whatever Fiji were doing. Today, the match we will be looking at is Samoa against Fiji. Joining myself, Robbie Squidge, whatever you want to call me, as ever, is the one, the only... Well, sorry, what's your name? Go on, fill, fill in the blank. My name, my name, as far as I'm concerned, is Will Owen. What about as far as anyone else is concerned? Well, that's, I mean, that's not written on my birth certificate. Um, it's not, is my it? My birth certificate says... My full name, which Twat. you always oh. address me as on this yeah. podcast. Well, this is the thing, so. right? Okay, now this is a... Okay, like my friend Philip, right, who I've known since I was about five. Yeah. Uh, I am one of two people in the world who call him Philip because it's right. me and his nan call him Philip. Do people call him Phil now? Everyone else calls him Phil, yeah. Right, okay. But I've I've known him since he was five and he was Phil. He was Philip until he was about 11 or 12. Right, At which okay. point, when he was a teenager, he started oh. going by Phil. And so everyone he knows is an adult, everyone he's known, you know, he know from unions, everyone calls him Phil. Right. I've always known him as Philip and I call him Philip and like I called him Phil once and it felt so we both agreed it felt so wrong that we'll never yeah, do it again. Yeah, yeah his parents no. call him Pip and I me and his nan call him Philip. Sure. Wow. And yeah, everyone else calls him Phil. And it's a bit like that because you were William when you were you know, when I knew you. Yeah, yeah. And so instinctively I will still most of the time call you William. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I do remember in the, the early stages of this podcast, whenever you would address me mm. as Will it would sound so unnatural. I know. Like I, I made a really concerted effort. And you've sort of you've managed up. to do it now. It now it works. Like, yeah. When you do it now, like it was in the first couple of episodes. I remember thinking, oh, this doesn't this doesn't sound natural. You've you've mastered naming your own brother. No. Now. Every time, but, every time, I think I'm reading out what you're going to give away when you're dead and that. Oh, I'm just asking a question. Like, will Owen, will Chris Pratt's character from Jurassic World do this? I don't know what's the first true. Owen that came to mind. Yeah, I don't know. If I remember Barry. character name. I remember the, I and um, Bryce Dallas Howard's character is called Claire as well. I remember that. Why do you remember the character names from Jurassic World? I don't know. As they, like Owen Farrell, not come to mind first. No, I don't know who that is. Oh, okay, me neither. Owen no. Wilson. Uh, no. Um, wait a minute. No, Owen Farrell was playing for the England twenties this year, wasn't he? Because it's twenty eleven. Like yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think that Christian Wade lad's going to get a lot of caps. Go, I know he looks promising, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, multi talented not... athlete as well. You know. Yeah, I'm not sure about that Vunapola lad. <laughs> Which one? The I mean, Billy's older, isn't he? So he's yeah. he was wasn't in the under twenties this year. <laughs> but Mako looks older. True. Mako True. looks older than most fifty year olds. Yeah, no, it's very and confusing. Weirdly, and we're talking. Mako... He's nineteen at this point. Mako looks younger now than he did when he was twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> 
He does, doesn't he? Now in 2020, yeah. Because I, I feel like maybe like his nose was massively overgrown, like that grew into like yeah. his final like 40-year-old self. Not saying Mako Vinopolo is going to die aged 40, but... You know, it it felt like that's it had grown into that sort of a shape, and the yeah. rest of his face just kind of stayed nineteen. So you add that together, you look about ninety. I don't know what it is. It's something about the, kind of the folds of his skin that made him look wrinkled yeah. prematurely when he wasn't. Yeah, I remember Andrew Cotter tweeting about how so and so looks like. I can't remember who it was he was talking. He about. said, "Is the um, the the youngest someone... forty year old." Yes, since Macavanapola, he's the oldest-looking forty-year-old I've seen yes, since Macavanapola, who's twenty-two. Yeah, <laughs> which was oh. excellent. Excellent God bless peak. Andrew Cotter. Peak Andrew Cotter. Yeah. However, Andrew Cotter was not involved in this rugby and whatever Fiji were what doing. What a segue! Match. Um, the commentator said it was Martin Gilligan, who actually in this game did not mention Nottingham once. It's very disappointing. This is isn't the it? second out of his seven games where he hasn't mentioned Nottingham. Yeah, and I'm absolutely gutted by that we will however after because it feels weird to lead on this so we'll have mm. to talk about this later we'll have to talk about andy gomasol in a bit who was also mm. in the commentary because we have to come he, back to andy gomasol he was interesting <laughs> um, to say the least yeah so yeah. to begin on the game itself the match finished samoa 27 fiji 7 yeah so it i don't even quite know where to begin i suppose we can run through the team because it is that as we talked about in past episodes that peak Samoa team, you know, that best Samoa team of probably since the 99 World Cup, you know, possibly better than that team. uh, If you're wondering why Samoa won this game so convincingly, and for the record, like, I seem to remember this game being a massive snore fest and I wasn't looking forward to watching it. It was better than I remembered it. I agree, yeah. It it wasn't like a brilliant game, don't get me wrong, but like, it was just Samoa controlled it very nicely and Fiji looked utterly clueless. but... The thing is, though, right, you say it's not a snore fest, and I've kind of worked out why that is. Because this game was played at 4am UK time. Right, yeah. So we and were both very tired, very well. clearly. Yeah. Uh, um. So I remember being really tired. Do you tired. know why I remember that very well? Go on. Because at half time, uh, we'll, we'll go through a spoiler. There's a bit in the first half where uh, Salosi Tanithakinbao uh, is held up over the try line mm. by Napoleone Langer from this lovely break by Paul Williams where they set him up to, to nearly slide over. It looks like a gimme. And then Craig Doyle at half time says, uh, it's a great tackle by Nalanga. If there are any kids watching this, firstly, what are you doing up? Secondly, <laughs> look at this tackle technique, never give up in defence. <laughs> yeah, and we were watching. We were, you know, still technically under 18. Um, sure. Uh, technically, you say technically, technically, we were under 18. Yeah, we, we, we were under 18. We were less yeah. than 18 uh, he was old, still He was both. still going by Philip. That's how young we were. Yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> this game was played about 4am, which meant, however... Eden Park in the day. And yeah. I'll tell you what, Eden Park in the day is like the most underrated atmosphere. Eden Park at it night looks so is weird, fine. Though. But Eden Park, I love Eden Park in the day. And this is like, this is the most disproportionate quality slash, you know, like weight on a game to best atmosphere of certainly this tournament. But that I can remember pretty much. Because you had these, you know, obviously being played in Auckland, huge community yeah. of of, of both sides of, you know, both islanders. Yeah. 
And then you also had, as Jamie mentioned on the previous episode, you know, loads of Islanders coming up to New Zealand for the time, for the yeah. course of the World Cup. And so the crowd was packed out with Fijians and Samoans, yeah. and, or Kiwis with Samoan heritage or Fijian heritage. Yeah, And yeah. it was a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, you know, it was. Everything got a they huge cheer. Yeah, yeah, all of them were really cheering every tackle, every kick, every point. It was, yeah. frankly, like the, the crowd deserved far better than the game gave them. Sure, sure. Well, there was, um, if you search Fiji versus Samoa Rugby World Cup 2011 into mm. uh, YouTube, rather, you get a short three minute, like a news kind of clip thing, mm-hmm. much like we watched before yes. uh, for the Samoa Namibia game. And it's not got any DJ Khaled on it, sadly. No. But. It does have like lots of Fiji and Samoan fans sort of saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna smash him, we're gonna smash him." And then there's one really lovely Fijian fan who says, "Well, it's just sibling rivalry at the end of the day, so you know, uh, even if we lose, I don't really mind, you know, oh. just as long as uh, they do well in the next game against the Springboks, um, I'm quite happy." Oh, so, that's lovely. Yeah. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah, and yeah. there was there was a warmth to the atmosphere as well, you know. Yeah. Because I think, do you know what? Right. Okay. Is Fiji Samoa the best rivalry in rugby? Because it's intense and the players smash each other, but there's no animosity amongst the fans. The fans don't yeah. have that anger that England, Wales, or the All Blacks and the Springboks or Australia yeah. both do, and England with Scotland as well and France, where there's there's a there's a genuine kind of unrest in the stands. Yeah. Whereas you don't get that with Fiji Samoa, but it has that same weight and history. Sure, know? Like it is sure. one of the oldest fixtures in rugby. Like, yeah. obviously that story about the first time they played, they had this tree in the middle of the pitch. Of course. And it's kind of gone on from there to the point in which they've got 65,000 people watching them play at a World Cup, plus yeah. thousands more watching it on television at four in the morning as children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And as you say, like, it, as a, it was weird watching Eden Park in the day because I, I genuinely don't really remember seeing games played in the day there. There was a couple in Aotearoa played there. And oh, it's really? great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love okay. Eden Park in the day. Uh, and obviously yeah. the Tonga game that I was on my flight to Japan during New Zealand Tonga right. last year. Okay. Yeah. Their warm up game. Um, and I watched some of the highlights in a in a bar in Shibuya when I got in where they were nice. playing the Wales Island warm up game. Nice. Nice. Uh, what was the point I was just making when I said about this allegedly being a snore fest? What was the point I was just making? You then? mentioned Craig Doyle. Uh, before that. It was better than you remembered it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess we're going to have to ditch whatever point I was about to make there. Yeah, sorry about nice. that. No, no, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah, so it was, as you said, as you kind of mentioned, Samoa in complete control. Do you want to know my theory on why Samoa was so dominant in this game? Go on. Like I've Okay, okay. I spent the whole game thinking about this, and I've got a really kind of, I think, compelling, and I dare to say, accurate theory okay. on why Samoa won this game, and looked so in control the entire way. Okay, hit right? me. Right? It's because they're a rugby team. <laughs> I think that might be something to do with it. Yeah. Um, I I have a theory which mm-hmm. counterbalances it. Okay. So Samoa, a rugby team, as yes. you've stressed. Yeah. Uh, their kicking game was pretty good, would yeah. you say, in, in this agree. match? Fiji struggled with that because I think in order to prepare for a good kicking game, you need to have... You need to be able to practice on a full-size pitch, yeah. don't you? Mm. And Fiji didn't have that luxury because all of their pictures were full of frogs. Of frogs, of course they were. All their pictures were full of frogs, which sounds like an early internet meme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, okay, 
but they didn't even look like... And maybe that was it. Maybe they just went, we've got a full pitch here. Because Fiji didn't seem to aim where they were kicking. No, They would no. just randomly boot it. So there were yeah. some kicks that went out on the full, but there were a lot of kicks that just randomly landed in the middle of the pitch. Like, not near yeah. anything. Not in a helpful position for anyone at all. And, like, Paul Williams got man of the match in the end of Samoa fullback. Uh, not the rugby journalist and not the referee and not anyone else called Paul Williams. Uh, the the yeah. Samoa fullback, Paul Williams, got man of the match. But all he had to do was just pluck the ball out of the air under no pressure yeah, after these yeah. terrible, terrible kicks being hung down his throat time and time again. I'll tell you what, doesn't it make you really grateful for, like, come the 2019 World mm. Cup, Kinimo Muravalu being able to put at least somewhat competent kicks back yeah. to oppositions yeah. because... In this World Cup, he has no clue how to kick a ball. No. And a few times he tries, and he just doesn't know what he's doing. No, like, yeah, yeah. Nicky Little, regarded the as the best kicker Fiji ever had. I mean, yeah. he, I, what was he doing? What was, like, you You called it a kicking game by Fiji. It wasn't. Like, it was. they were kicking, but there wasn't, there was no strategy to what Fiji were doing with the boot. It was pointless and weird. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no kicking game from Fiji. It was mm. from Samoa. There was a good kicking game. Uh, I'll make that very clear. That that's that's <laughs> yeah. what I meant. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's... it's amazing the difference having a good fly half makes. Yeah, because so Samoa's previous game, they had... this was the point I was going to make. Go on, go on. The reason Samoa, a good rugby team, won this game so well is because they had finally gotten rid of. To say Sir Levea after eighty odd minutes of anguish of him <laughs> trying to trying to catch the ball against Wales, yes. finally they had gotten rid of Levea and brought and back Tusi PC. They brought back in Tusi PC, who it's is a very good, good fly half. Yeah. yeah, and you put him up against a team as unorganised as Fiji, as this Fiji team, and he will run riot. Like he found so much space, and so did Slay Mapasu as well. He put in a couple of really yeah, nice kicks. Yeah, from he 12. did. Yeah. They the also started doing well, yeah, a couple. this thing that every team does now, where their 12 takes a flat ball off a line out and looks to pass it out the back and crashes it up. Yeah. Samoa kept doing that, and now every team does it, but it all began yeah. here. It was like watching yeah. the genesis of this, this yeah. thing that now has been stolen by everyone. Okay, a couple of things on this. Right, okay. so uh, according to Martin Gillingham, sure. uh, so at one point in the second half, on comes... Your friend of mine, mm. Eliotta Fulmano Sapolu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, he had made some comments, and I'm going to come on to the rest of the comments. He had made some comments about uh, we'd have beaten Wales not only if we'd had, not only complaining about the fact that they'd had a three day turnaround, mm-hmm. whereas Wales had a seven day turnaround. That was one thing he complained about. And the other one was apparently he said if 2CPC was fit, we'd have won that game. No! So he dropped Levea in it. <laughs> I I couldn't find any evidence of that tweet. Yeah, uh, I, I looked I I looked far and wide for it. But Martin Gilliam claims that Fumano Sapolu said, "I believe if it." I believe he was fit. Yeah, yeah, I believe it because yeah. you know he was on the sideline fuming, just saying, yeah. "Why is our ten so crap?" You know. Yeah. So in the week leading up to this game, so mm-hmm. in between the Samoan loss to Wales and this game against Fiji, Eliotta Fumano Sapolu had tweeted the following: "IRB, stop exploiting my people, please." All we ask, in fairness, they get a week, give us a week. Simple. Hashtag equity. Hashtag justice. Okay, it's obvious the IOB are unjust. Wales gets seven days, we get three. Unfair treatment, like slavery, like the Holocaust, like apartheid. Fuck you. (laughs) Give Wales three days off, give Samara a week. 
we would kill them. Wow. I mean, to a degree, I do agree with his point. And I, would, I we have tried to try to adjust since and try to make the rest periods more fair because a three against a seven day turnaround is very notable. Sure, makes a the, huge the principle's difference. heartwarming. However, <laughs> everything beyond that, I mean, like I used to have a when I did this sort of debate team thing in when I was in sixth form, mm-hmm. the teacher who ran it always used to say, if you bring up the Nazis, you've automatically lost. You know, if you compare anything to the Nazis, you've lost because you're reaching for it. And him bringing up i mean it's problematic to bring any compare anything to slavery yeah whether it's a gym workout as you may have seen on twitter today no. did you not see this no oh man my friend who actually lives near the gym that's doing it sent it to me and then it kind of went viral like a few hours later right basically a gym in the sort of uh, west midland somewhere i forget i think it's maybe luton or somewhere i don't know right okay has They've started a fitness program to to kind of celebrate, as they say, that's their word, Black History Month, called 12 Years a Slave. Oh, no, they didn't. Yep, and it concludes the phrase, their thing promoting it. They said, slavery was hard, and so was this. Oh, no. Yep. Slavery was hard. Yeah, to be fair, like, it wasn't yeah, very I, fun, was it? I forgot slavery was a prolonged leg day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like uh, when I mean, slavery just ended one day, did everyone just come out and go, it's pretty hard work, that? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I... Wouldn't the, do that the again. has automatically reached for a point because he thinks it was a motive, you know. Yeah. Um, it's something I have a big problem. And I, he's more qualified to talk on racism than I am, and I don't mean to, like, to, to say otherwise. Um, but I find it really problematic when people reach for... Um, for slavery, when people reach for the Holocaust, when people reach for rape as well, it's the same thing. Just because it's yeah. a motive, you know, paedophilia as well happens a lot. Uh, people yeah. just reach for them as like a, a blanket thing because they're emotive and because they make people feel sure. strong emotions, as they should. Um, sure. And it's problematic when someone uses that in such a context. Exactly. The, 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 the main thing that's wrong with this is we are talking about the fact that tier two rugby teams in the Rugby World Cup of mm. 2011 are not given the rugby as long and rest... whatever feed you were doing by the way yeah are not given yeah. as long a rest period as the mm. good rugby teams in the tier one that are perceived to be good or better or the, the rich or whatever. teams yeah. the rich teams sure that's that's that's, that's what we're problem. talking about here it's yeah, a problem yeah, yeah. but it's a it's, very localised problem it, yeah yeah it's inconvenient but it's yeah. not quite the end of the world I mean don't get me wrong as I say like Samoa Maybe would have beaten Wales if they had a decent rest period, you know, yeah. because as we said when we had Ben James on the podcast talking about uh, Samoa-Wales, that was a very close game. And yeah. like, you know, another day Samoa would have won that. Uh, and, you know, we didn't mention at the time that Wales had a week off and Samoa had had three yeah. days. But it is important to, to stress that, that that is, you know, a factor of yeah. how Wales managed to pull through that game. And we, uh, I think we might have said that Wales were the fitter team. And that was an aspect of it. Were they the fitter team or were they the fresher team? We don't, we can't really yeah. comment on that. I think there's know? an element of both, but yes. The, yeah, I, th- I agree, because that, that is a very and fit Wales team. From a tournament perspective, I get it because the tier one nations sell more tickets. You know, yeah. you have more travelling fans from those nations. You have more people, you know, wanting to buy a ticket to watch a team that they perceive as being good. Absolutely, absolutely. And more people wanting to, to 
by those games, so you prioritise yeah. and you put it's them not on as Saturdays and Sundays. As, it's not as simple as telling World Rugby to sort it out and then they can just do it, you know? Yeah. Like, somebody has to suffer, you know? And they've done very well in the last two World Cups, particularly the last one World Cup. Uh, 2015 was still... Yeah, yeah. I, like I Japan still think... against Scotland was a, a tough yeah, ask, wasn't it? There's yeah. still quite a few cases in which they didn't quite turn it around, but at yeah. least there was more strain put on yeah. Tier 1 Nations 2019, well, so... again, like, it's never quite going to be perfect. Someone's always going to no. complain. But they, they've... they 2019 was as close as I think they could get without Agreed. changing the period over... Without it either being like the Netball World Cup, where you play, you know... You, you play games constantly, or like the under-20s World Cup in yeah. rugby, uh, where they just go play well out the window, you know, you'll yeah, play three everyone, games a week. Everyone's playing, yeah. 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 They kind of came as close as they probably could, considering sure. also they can't just go, we're going to have match, as they do in netball and other sort of, without wanting to be disrespectful, like minority sports, where the where you can do this, where they'd go, okay, we have matches on the Saturday, the Wednesday, and the Sunday, yeah, and every team plays on those dates, you know. Yeah, you can't, sure. or you do in sevens, in sevens World Cup work. Yeah. You know? Um, you can't do that, no. and you couldn't do that in rugby. You couldn't do that in a FIFA World Cup as well. Um, yeah. It's a really difficult balancing act. Um, However, with the number of teams and so on. And yeah, go on. Yeah, to segue this point. Yeah, there there was one player who was playing who um, wouldn't be phased by that. Who we have witnessed playing uh, yes. 160 minutes in a weekend before. Yes, because the only was... Fijian player who played well. Yes, exactly. So there's one point a couple of years after this mm. where Natani Talai played 80 minutes for the Dragons one day and then Fiji was short a player for their game against the Barbarians the next day. So he turned out and played 80 minutes for both. Yeah. So Natani Talai, we've not really spoken about in this moment yet, but we'll get out of the way all of Fiji's good players in this game. Yeah. Natani Talai was very good and he, he scored was. a try in the second half, which is quite reminiscent of uh, Dusa Tuaz in 2007 against the All Blacks, I think. Okay. Yeah, the, I can like, see that. The tip yeah. online he runs. And obviously, like his performance was nowhere near as good as Dusa Tuaz, don't get me wrong, but like in a losing cause, he like before Fotowali's try, which of course we'll come on to, he mm. makes a brilliant tackle on Tusi PC, who looks yeah. like he's going to make a line break. And all the whole time like he was in basically every aspect of Fiji's game, he was the one player really standing out in there, rucking, defence, carrying the ball. Yeah, he really led by example. I know he wasn't the captain, but he led by example. Yeah, he was He was the one Fijian player who looked like he'd played rugby before, you know, and yeah. he was kind of consistently running, like, actual lines. Yeah. And he was, again, taking the ball at pe- and just doing all of those basic things, all those things that sound like cliches, you know, that, sure. that the Andy Gomez of the world would trot out and say, yeah, you know, you need your players to be carrying hard and to looking for spaces not faces and so on and all these things that are cliches Natali Tali did and did really well whereas all of the other Fijian players looked like they'd never seen rugby before or no it looked a bit like and to some degree this again sounds like one of those really lazy things considering these are mostly 15 specialists but it looked like a group of sevens players being thrown into play 15s for the first time yeah to an extent it didn't look like they understood structure or the game or the fact that it lasted 80 minutes at all like and they're the other thing about Fiji is, you know, I mentioned last time, maybe it's the episode before, about I was the episode before it was the England one, about how it was the this was the era of centres who couldn't pass but could maybe sure. offload. Yes, the entire Fijian team couldn't pass but could offload. Yes. Every time they had two hands on the ball, like the opposite of what any coach would say, they just lobbed it. Point like it wouldn't go anywhere near. Like Kenitale, the scrum off. I don't think he threw a single pass on target all day. And when he did, it was above their head or like down by their knees. 
there was one point very early on where Nakarawa gets this turnover because mm. uh, somebody had smashed Taito Afua, who mm. had a nice little run at the uh, Fijian defence, and he throws this lovely overhead basketball-style pass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then later in the game, Nakarawa goes for a carry, and two or three Samoan men just smash him, and Nakarawa looks for the offload and just drops it. And it's just like, wow, that's yeah. like that guy's come on a long way. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other like, Nakarawa gets stripped twice as well. Yeah, wow. Because like, he's still at the time kind of carrying the ball quite low. And so it made me realise, did someone have to coach that kind of like, that really dickish thing of holding the ball too high for someone to get yeah. it into him? Like yeah. someone at Glasgow or somewhere else must have coached that into him afterwards. I don't yeah. know if he was maybe going back to sevens or something. But he sure. wasn't doing that. He was carrying the ball at kind of Yeah, you know, he's got a very specific type. way of carrying to offload now, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And so, he, he wasn't doing that then. Yeah, that is an interesting thought. But yeah, in fairness, I think there are two other Fijian players who I think played pretty well. One mm. of them is Napoleone Lange. I know, I know. I think, think Lange does Yeah, he well. tried his socks off in this game. And like again, having uh, done the same in the Springboks game, where we yeah. spoke with Gareth Mason before. And the other one, I think, uh, Sisa Koyamabole played really well at number eight. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Do you not notice? No, I, I... There's a couple of times he gets the ball and kind of trundles for an inch and then... Just looks big uh, and slow. But there was one or two exceptions, but I think the Fijian pack were really bad at looking after the ball. And yes, like, they as you were. say, there were so many times they got stripped in contact and like he was the one player who was kind of like trying to tell people, No, 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 this is how you carry the ball mm. and actually like, you know, stayed low, had a decent leg drive, you know. There was one point where Foto Lee caught him out at the back of a scrum, but you can forgive him one, um, because his pack yeah. didn't do him a great ser- you know, service there. But no, I think he had a good game. But otherwise, okay. Fiji, pretty bad. But they just, they genuinely didn't look like a team that had ever trained. And I don't know if they just got too caught up in looking at frogs or something. And yeah, they, but they, they there was no did. cohesion at all. And like there wasn't even the thing that happens in Barbarians teams where they've had one training session, where at least they kind of chug it about and look fun, which is the thing you want from Fiji. Yeah. But they looked, their skills looked poor. Yeah. Like it was, or certainly not up to this standard, like... You know the you know that thing of if you've got nothing nice to say, then say nothing at all, yeah. right? Um, I've got like the nicest thing I can say about Fiji is they probably finished third in like the nineteen fifty two Five Nations. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> like they were, it was like watching very old rugby. You know, from way back when, when actually everyone talks about the great highlight reel where people are throwing these ridiculous, <laughs> incredibly skillful passes. But if you watch the full game back, they can't actually pass most of the time. Aren't you glad that Fiji are great again now? <laughs> they made I Fiji know, great yeah. again. Yeah. Yes. Semi did that. <laughs> I know. No, I'm 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 very relieved. Also, did you see them at half time? Did you see the footage of them at half time? No. So at half time, Fiji is sat in the changing rooms and when I say sat in the changing rooms, they've got out all of these little like plastic school chairs, these little red plastic school chairs that are all too small for them. And the fours are sat in one circle and the backs in the other. They just kind of oh. sat around having a little chat. It looks like they're at a campfire or like they're Westlife or something. Like they're just sat in school chairs having a little chat at half time. That's It's the most of... low energy like half time talk I've ever seen. That screams of the cliche of the forwards talk about rugby while the backs talk about feelings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all for it, you know, to, but it, yeah. it just, something looked very, very wrong about it. Um, and also, on? actually, it's quite oh, telling that the forwards and backs were sat separately and they weren't communicating between each other. They most likely will have split, though. I think they will have started off having a team thing and then sure. split forwards and backs. 
Sure, I but sense. I... That's you, what no, most you, teams would do. Yeah, but most teams have practiced rugby before. Sure, yeah, yeah, no, I won't, I won't uh, begrudge you with that. And, uh, I, by the way, you said forwards and backs, and then frogs were sat separately as well. <laughs> yeah, so all the frogs had come in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they had to be cleared by all the lawyers, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, should we carry on talking about the Samoan team? Sure, so, unless you want to talk about half-time more. Yeah, go on then. Uh, were there okay. any good adverts this week? There was one good advert, there was one good okay, advert. Okay, go on. So, I don't even remember this John Lewis advert, right? No. The Johnny Lewis advert from about this time. I saw it and I remembered it, but I couldn't remember what the advert was for. I couldn't remember what he was trying to sell me. I couldn't remember anything about it other than I remembered a bit of the advert. Right. It starts off with someone in the bedroom listening to the Smiths. It's the opening of oh, this charming man. This. Yes! Yes! Yeah, yeah, Go on, go on. Tell me about no, that No, no, no. I don't remember all of it. It transitions <laughs> so, into like three different songs, right? Yeah, so there's, I think it's the specials next. Right. And there's like a little black kid having a dance-off against like a, a far, like an absolute unit of a white kid. And the black kid just wipes the floor with him. And then kind of yes. does this, like, what well, you got face to him. Uh, in transition, there's a bit in a cafe, and it's playing some pop song that I recognise, but I can't remember. I didn't write it. Like, I right. missed it by the time I've written it down. And it then moves on. I think you should sing it. I No, I can't remember it. I can't remember what the song was. No, I um, can't remember it. Yeah, sorry. And then there's, like, a sick form common room, and it's moving forward and forward in time. So, like, the first one's in the 70s, then on the 80s, then, like, you know, like late 80s, 90s, etc. There's Elton John, you know, and it's, like, Rocket Man in a changing room and a teacher comes in and tells them to turn it down to a common room rather uh, there's a bit of Bowie in there as well which them lining up uh, Rocketman and Starman next to each other feels very uninspired yeah definitely uh, <laughs> and then they've also got in the middle of that someone's watching something on TV and a very famous piece of music plays right it's it's from the film they're watching it's the theme tune to Black Beauty it's brilliant <laughs> exactly which is the reason I went, I've got to write this down. They've included the theme from Black Beauty. It's That's brilliant. Phenomenal. That's amazing. And then, of course, finally, when we come up to the modern day. Aha! <laughs> when we come up to the modern day, there's only one band they could possibly be listening to. We could have, we could have the, there's a, there's a boy and like a young girl. They're kind of sat there and are tentatively about to like hold hands. Please tell me they're not listening to moves like Jagger. They're not listening to moves like Jagger. Thank God. But they are, of course, listening to the Kooks. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. So um, that was that was John Lewis's advert. And I worked out at the end, like, oh, they're selling all the products they're listening to music on. That's what that's what the advert was. Right. OK. OK. So did the, did John, whoever... John, John, Lewis's, John himself. Yeah, John, John himself. John. Uh, who was running the advertising campaigns in 2011. Yeah. Did he think that... Big J. Yeah, Big, big J. Big JL. BJL. Um, th- did he think that the way to get everybody to come and buy their goods from John Lewis mm. is by using the kooks? Yes. They they went the Smiths, the Specials, Bowie, Elton John. Complete, <laughs> complete the pattern. The kooks. The kooks. That this is badly, how we hasn't it? buy. This is how we buy things. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like when you come back to it in how many of years' time, we will all be thinking of generic white men with curly hair. Yeah, I guess. But but like, also, like when you think of that, who the kooks are in three years. When you think of that late noughties kind of that weird like white boy indie thing that happened, 
very much Nora and the Whale, the face of it. Nora and the are Whale, they? like the they're like the iconic face of that. Like, do you think slight... Nora and the Whale are bigger than the Arctic Monkeys? No, the Arctic Monkeys don't count because they're like an actual thing. That's not what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Of that, like, really twee, like hipster, like pre-hipster being a thing, but hipsterish, um, like basic white boys. That the the Arctic Monkeys are trying to say something, you know. Like they, they all they did I think was they trying to talk more gobbledygook than uh, I mean that in a good way. I mean that the best yeah. way possible uh, than actually say something meaningful. But no, but like the the Arctic Monkeys don't count. The Arctic Monkeys aren't part of this. That kind no. of like weird indie. So you're saying like, like somebody has to be shit? Basically. They don't have to be shit because like I don't think no in the whale the kooks are shit. I think they're just what they were. You know, like the they kooks were are definitely shit. I think they were. Mo- I think there's like two or three songs that are fine that are, shit. That are okay. fine like that i would i wouldn't turn off if they came on you know right okay. um and no i think no in the whale like the most famous example of that kind of really generic white boy indie like they all had curly hair and they all wore like weird jackets and i realized i might be describing myself in some ways were you in no in the whale I was in Noah in the Whale, yeah. I'm yeah. the reason. I'm actually the reason that they named themselves after a Noel Baumbach film. Sure. sure. Yeah, in we... fact, you know what? To your Noah in the Whale, I mm. raise you, raise a light. No, because Noah in the Whale are more twee. What do you mean by that? They're more like... <laughs> You're listening to the Rugby World Cup retrospective, by the way. I know. Rugby and whatever feed you were doing, which was back to... Um, and like late naughty, I'm sure lots of people at home know what I mean. You know, no, you're talking exactly like the indie kind of landfill kind of thing, like sort of, yeah, yeah, in there with the Fratellis and uh, whatever the fr- else. <sighs> okay, Scottish twee pop is a it is, is a recognised genre. It's got a Wikipedia page. Is it? Okay. Yeah. What's it? What's it listing as? Um, um, does it list? Please, please tell me it says the Kooks and Noah and the Whale. I would love that. Jesus and Mary Chain. Um, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, obviously. Cuddlecore was also never heard of Cuddlecore. That's another name for Twee Pop. Right, Twee Pop bands. Here we are. Okay, uh, okay. we're doing this live. Bell and Sebastian. Yeah. Oh, I guess Bell and Sebastian. Yeah. but they're kind of too good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, did we say they have to be English? I was thinking mostly yeah. British. Yeah. Okay, yeah, um, British because that kind of yeah. dominated a lot of like the the British kind of landscape of sure, sure, uh, yeah, no. I'm into British twee pop bands. Oh, yeah. it's now no, 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 that's fine, that's fine. It, it, yeah, I'm being picky because they're Scottish. So, who else is on the list? No, uh, no, there's a lot of like bands I haven't heard of from the '90s. Oh, okay. There's a band called Fourteen Iced Bears, which that's I a, that's want to have heard of. Yeah, um, maths and physics club. That is that is exactly the kind of thing they're called. Yeah, that very much feels like you know we are scientists. It feels yeah, like they're, yeah, yeah. they're kind of like sister band. You know exactly. They open for them, so yeah, you've got a yeah. kind of thematic the maths evening. and physics club. Yeah. yeah, it's like the thing they do more in stand up where yeah. they will line and up the like, slow readers club. <laughs> yes, you get the after school. You get all of them in. You know, yeah, yeah you get just individual members of the breakfast club all form their own bands. And yeah. they support each other. <laughs> um, so rugby and whatever yeah. Fiji were doing. How the hell did we get onto? Oh yeah, uh, adverts, adverts. Yeah. Okay. So you were going to lead on to something about the actual rugby. I think I was. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, I can't remember where I was going to go with that. Alessandro Tulangi, he's pretty good. He had a good time in this game, he didn't he? He was good. He yeah. was angry. There was a good point a couple of minutes in where just first phase off their first mm-hmm. scrum, Samoa just decided... Let's give the ball to Tuolangi. And he yeah. manages to drive straight over Saramiah Baez if he's not there and win Samoa a penalty. Did you take note of what Andy Gormasel said directly before that? No. So, um, straight beforehand, uh, Martin Gilling was talking about, after the press conference, one of the Fijian coaches said, no, one of the Samoan coaches, sorry, said Tuolangi is listed as this weight in the programme. He's actually at least 10 kgs heavier than that. No. Um, ignore all of that and he was then talking about Tulangi said oh, it would be great to see you have a run here uh, and Andy Gomesol who spent the entire lead up the entire start of the game saying this is going to be a forward dominated battle you know this is going to be really keeping it really tight all of this and like have you ever seen Fiji play? yeah but um, and then he says Gilliam says something like, "Oh yeah, I'd love you know, wouldn't it be great if Tulangi gets a run here and Gilliam says there's absolutely no way this is going wide <laughs> And then Nothing instantly, can go wrong now. Yeah, the moment he says that, the ball comes out. There's two passes into two Alangi. He makes a break. That's very funny. And now is probably a good time to talk about Andy Gomez. I think right? now. So yeah. So uh, so can I ask you a question? Sure. Did we ever get to the bottom of Andy Gomez? No. Like, did I don't we ever work it. out how that happened or no. why that happened? No. He made that one break in the World Cup final. Sure. Did he do anything else in his career? I don't know. Good break, to be fair. But yeah, he's got one of those really weird names that I can never spell. Like I've, and he's not important enough that I've ever learned it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like my phone recognizes like four spellings of Bowden, but I've had to learn which one's right. Oh wow! But Andy Gomesol, I don't know. I spell his name wrong every single time I try and write it. He's actually got quite wow. He's got a load of pictures on his Wikipedia page. Someone edited this quite quite do feverishly. You think it's him? I think so. I think it might be. Him in yeah, action like, against the Ospreys. Do you remember when we when we discovered that Matt Carley edits his own Wikipedia page? Oh yes, yes. Because so I looked into it. Matt Carley's Wikipedia page was constantly being updated from the same IP address. Every time he got called up to another big game, every time he got called up to a new competition, every time something happened, the same IP address was adding this information. And that was the only account, the only Wikipedia page that account was updating, wasn't it? With yes. Matt Carley. Yeah, like it, what I, because I wondered if it's just someone that updates there referees. There was another lead that that led to there it was something. I think I looked up the area it was in, and it was you know it yeah. corresponded with where it was from or whatever. There I was can't something remember, more but I, to it. I looked into yeah, this. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, 
and we're pretty certain that Matt Carley edits his own Wikipedia page. But yeah, anyway, that's, you know, that's a discussion for another time, I suppose. Yes. Uh, Matt Carley. But so yeah, Andy Gomesol, right? Andy Gomesol. Andy Gomesol, right? So he retires just before this World Cup and instantly ITV go, you've never commentated before. However, we'd like to give you all of the big games that don't include England. He's like, it's, Phil Vickery's at least got charm, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. And Lawrence Delalio was a has a good voice and was a good rugby player. Exactly, like he had a, a he had an iconic career. Like he was a yeah. household name as a player. Sure, sure, and you know, many times captain England captain. You yeah, know? and you know, it like adds look, up. if if all of the women, credit, but yeah. if all of the women he slept with behind his wife's back tuned in, their viewing figures go up enormously. Exactly. So exactly, it makes sense to put him on. Yeah. So I guess we'll say that, you know, to balance out our thoughts on Andy Gomesol, because, yeah. you know, I'm sure he's a nice bloke and everything. No, I'm but, sure he is. Like, and he um, comes across as a nice enough bloke. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. But we can't figure him out between the two of us. <laughs> so there's a point quite early on where um, uh, Samoa stick up a high ball from their own 22. Mm. And Kinema Muravalu jumps to catch it for Fiji. And Mari Fasavalu takes him early. Uh, so while he's still in the air, he takes mm. him out. Penalty to Fiji, right? So yeah. Referee correctly gives it. And so while watching it back, uh, they kicked the corner for reference. Um, while they're watching it back on the replay, Andy Gomasol says, um, I bet uh, Muramuravalu's really, uh, I bet he's really glad that the ball didn't go any higher. So um, Fasavalu didn't uh, smash him legally, you know? So um, he didn't even say smash him legally, though. It's so his, his point is, right, that the mm. ball comes down, he catches the ball, lands back on his feet, Fasavalu smashes him. He's really glad that didn't happen because it would hurt. And it's like, no, 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 no. It still hurts if he's taking you in the air. And like, <laughs> and like, don't get me wrong. Like, it hurts more if you're tackled in the air. Hence the rule. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So he also, the remarkable thing about Andy Gomez as a commentator is he's trying to speak in cliches, but he doesn't know them. He's making them up as he goes, isn't he? Yeah. So, oh, so there's a point uh, quite early on where Tanny Fackenbau has a try disallowed. It's a really nicely worked try. Paul Williams makes a little break after this to George PC, who trips over but managed to get the pass in to I Tanny Fackenbau. About this. Who the Nalanga tackle? Oh, yeah, Nalanga stops him. Yeah, as he's going over, he loses the ball. Fine. Andy Gomesol then says, "All for money, you think it's a try?" Yes. Which is not a phrase. Yeah, that was, yeah. so you think first time, fair enough, he slipped up, he's kind of got the phrase wrong. Because it's, you know, for my money or um, for, for, all you know, money. For, all, for all money, yeah. Um, all for money. Yeah, and then he says it again, he says, all for money, you think it's a try. That's not and the then, phrase. Right, so later in the game, there's this point where Samoa have this lovely attack... Mm. Uh, where they spread it wide, Tiny Thackenbell, for the second time in the game, doesn't pass to Mapasua outside him. You know where I'm going with this, right? Go on. Um, so Nalanga turns the ball over and sprints most of the way. Tusi PC gets across and makes this brilliant try-saving tackle on Nalanga. Mm. And then <laughs> Andy Gormasov says at the stoppage, I had all the money in the world, all my, my mortgage, <laughs> uh, my house, everything... On Nalanka to score that try. It's like, so you personally, Andy Gomesol, are, are responsible for all of the money in the world, which has now <laughs> gone to some betting company. 
that you put on. <laughs> Nalanga, in, in the 10 second window between Nalanga catching the ball and getting tackled by 2CPC. <laughs> in that, he'd, he'd managed to get hold of all the money in the world, put it on the betting site and lose it. In all Can that you time, imagine so... if the entire world came together and thought, we need to unionise, you know. We could get rid of money, we could go back to like some bar, we could, we could do whatever. And think, oh, okay, well, let's put all the money in the world together <laughs> and maybe we can like, we can buy out, like, you know. Some, some Martian betting company. <laughs> exactly. Let's put all the money in the world together. Let's all pull what we've got together. We could win all the money in the universe, mate. Who do we take betting advice from and what do we bet on? We go, why not, to England's third choice scrum half from a few years ago and make a bet on whether someone will score a try when they have men covering them from 60 metres. <laughs> and the fact that all the money in the world is at stake mm. here and that bastard Tootie PC still decides to chase him down. Yeah, I know. And He's is lost he part all of his own money. Yeah. Tootie is part there's, Martian. There's canon. There's something yeah. going on here. Like Tusi, he looked like he's from another planet compared to Levea. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's something going on here. Like he's been bought out. There's max fiction going on. Like <laughs> it's like how uh, Tuolangi was paid, of course, to wear a branded mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, he's being paid to. No, I, I get that it is a phrase. <laughs> it is a phrase that you know you would put on your mortgage that he yeah. would, you know, or you say, oh, for all the money in the world, I wouldn't do that. Sure. But Andy so Gormsdorf claims that he again. personally has put on all of the money in the world on Nalanga scoring that try. Which is a bad bet anyway, because it doesn't it look like a clean opportunity. No, no. And don't get me wrong, sometimes you'd expect a player of his calibre to finish it, sure. But maybe yeah, stick but a like, quid on it. I wouldn't stick put a fiver on, on that. I wouldn't yeah. put a fiver on that, like from that opportunity, if you'd paused it. Yeah, but when you compare that to all the money in the world, I'd maybe think, oh, five I, is not much. Yeah, I'd definitely keep some money for food the following day. You know, I'd sure. keep some money for the bus home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but eventually there'll be no buses because the Martians and their betting company will have... Tusi PC, who is a Martian spy, who's been planted <laughs> into the Samoan rugby team, along with his brother hey, George, of course. Hey, all for money, you think it's a try, though. Yeah, absolutely. All for money. All for money. Anything else on Martin Gilliam? I've also you? got something written down. No, just sorry. Gomez didn't know the cliches, but I didn't write down what he just said, which is annoying. But he, there was a few more. Oh, because he talked about how good Smoa are at sevens. Then I realised, oh, actually, this is two years on from Smoa winning the sevens World Series. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you kind of look fair enough, you know. But yeah, he him constantly bringing up how this was going to be battling the forwards and how the Fijians have this great pack. And I mean, I suppose they have... A, a, maybe, maybe they're really good at like putting boxes together and that's the great packing skills you know they put everything in their bags at the supermarket i don't know it's not it's not a great pack the other line of commentary i think i want to <laughs> to bring attention to is something yeah. martin gilliam says rather than andy gomasol where so deacon manu going into this game had missed more tackles than any other player in the world cup okay right he then makes a huge hit yeah. And it is enormous. It's like well, you can see bones fur, leaving the body. Yeah. 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 Like it is seismic, I believe Shot is the word. Like is the word, yeah. It's, yeah, like all of the mad Samoan women in the crowd like react and cheer and yeah. everyone go, everyone loses it at that tackle. Like that's probably the biggest like reaction of the day yeah. more than any of the free tries. So Deacon Manu nails him. 
And then, because he's already mentioned the thing about him missing tackles, Andy Goldman's always said something like, you talk about him missing tackles, well, he will have been thinking about that, and then he uh, hit him there. Then Martin Gilliam says... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can't believe... Okay, Martin Gilliam says, yes, he's definitely been reading that. He probably took the stats to bed with him last night. I can just imagine Deacon Manu settling down for a romantic evening with his new wife, the, the stat, stat sheet. sheet. Yeah. It's just the missed tackle stats. He lays them down tenderly, asks them if they've got anything they want before. Deacon Manu goes off to brush his teeth and he comes back in. The stat sheet's laying seductively across the bed. To a list of everyone else's missed tackles. Saying Schultberger missed two last week. He's like, oh, you really know what to say to me. Just whispering in his ear how many Shulk van der Merwe missed. I just got Shulk van der Merwe's back with his yeah. lions. Uh, I reckon... So he had the excuse to miss tackles. He had his hand bitten <laughs> off by a lion yesterday. I reckon uh, Deacon Manu is constantly in Sam Lana's DMs saying, like, hey, can I borrow that stat sheet again today, mate? <laughs> can you fix me up some stats tonight? <laughs> he also just loves flags because he almost plays yeah. for three different countries. Yeah, and friends with benefits. Yeah. I I can't get the image of Deacon Manu having sex with a statue out of my head. <laughs> you can just imagine him rocking up at Hong Kong Scottish years down the line. <laughs> and them going... Psst. Missed a few tackles <laughs> yesterday, boys. <laughs> and I was like, What's, why, why is he so excited? <laughs> They're all going, psst, psst, have you heard? The coach really fancies the stat sheet. He keeps going in, talking said, That's to the, the guy sixth that knock-on the... you've done in this training session. <laughs> he keeps going in to go and check on, you know, the, the guy doing the stats, the guy collating the stats, and everyone thinks they fancy him. No, <laughs> so, it's the stat sheet itself. He's really got the hearts for <sighs> where to go from there can you imagine years down the line like by this world cup like deacon manu he's all of the all of the romance has gone out of him and his stat sheets his marriage you know the, from 2011 like the one that he took to bed originally and there was such a spark there originally you know he was really excited to see how many missed tackles he'd made but now you know it's just not the same. It's just not the same. It's all of those stats are old. You know, he wants updated stats. He wants new percentages. He's seen some some new exciting stat sheets that have all kinds of things like, you know, entries into the 22. He's seen all kinds of stat sheets that include, you know, things other than just possession and territory and kicks from hand. And and he decides, you know, I'm going to ask my beautiful stat sheet wife <laughs> for a divorce. And then he has to get the he has to get the stat sheet. He has to get this piece of paper to fill out the paperwork involved. And then, however, just as the game towards the end of it, the stat sheet turns to Deacon Manu, and she says, "You know, you filled out eighty six pieces of paperwork." <laughs> and Deacon Manu says, "How many did I sign?" And she says. I feel them were just contract pages. You put your f- signature on 62. And Deacon Marnie just looks at her. He looks her right in the number six and says, I just, I can't, I can't leave you. I could never leave you. So 
Does this mean there's going to be Deacon Marnie stat sheet fan fiction from now on? There already is. You that's, just heard it. That's, that's a thing. Yeah. Also, fun fact, Deacon Marnie has blocked me on Twitter uh, like <laughs> 10 years ago. Blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> I have no idea why. So, it's because you're uh, not a stat sheet. Yeah, clearly. I need to I need to work my stat game, you know. How do you think Israel Falau feels about Deacon Manu's stat addiction? Addiction? Can you call it addiction? Um, sexuality. Yeah. You know, because um, like Israel Falau may be gay, but it doesn't mean he's addicted, you know? Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, he's he, a dick. He is a dick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh. We're dreadful. Everyone's No, we're not. He's dreadful. He's dreadful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Anyway. So yeah. I wish I wish Deacon Marnie and his stat sheet wife all the best. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> and we should move on. <laughs> Cracking you know tackle. You know what? If you want to write some Deacon Marnie stat sheet fan fiction, leave it in the review of this podcast and give us five <laughs> stars. <laughs> or send it to Israel Falau or both. Yeah, both. Both both anyway, is graphable. We are fifty one minutes into this podcast recording and we've basically not spoken about the game yet. Oh, we haven't mentioned the tries, have we? We've not mentioned any. We mentioned the disallowed one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we mentioned Talai's. I mentioned Talai's try. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So basically, the narrative of the game is Samoa go 15-0 up by chipping away penalties. They go 9-0 up very early on in the game. Drop goal as well. Take a drop goal. Yes, yes. There's a a great drop goal where they basically don't set for it at all. Yeah. And then he just nonchalantly drops it over from like 40 yards in the corner. I love to think that they were doing their video analysis on Fiji's previous games. And they saw our boy Tony Scotzer dropping yeah. goals from everywhere. And he just went, I'm having a bit of that. Yeah. If you were yeah. as well, you'd be so sick of drop goals by the end of the World Oh, Cup. yeah. Yeah. But that happens. So Samoa end up 15-0 up. And not long after that. Well, they sit on that lead quite well for a bit, you know. Because they know that yeah. the Fijian discipline is quite poor. And they manage to exploit that pretty well. But then uh, Fotowali scores a try from a pick and go. Mm-hmm. Where he does this kind of dummy offload, breaks this horrific tackle from Murumurovalu, where he, I have no idea what he's trying to do, and then he manages to get over and ground the ball. So, mm. fair play for Ali, he had a good game. But, yeah, there's a try. Anything to say on that? Um, I'm starting to realise there's I, a reason why I've not spoken about the tries. Yeah, no, it's well taken by Fotowali. Uh Andy Gomez, of course, and Fotowali. Yeah. I guess yeah. it's very wrong, uh, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, he learns. He picks up from Gillingham's pronunciations. He also mispronounces Momo Valu, yeah. Uh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. ironic considering recent discourse. <laughs> so, of course, yeah. The other yeah. try, the other try is very nice. Uh, Paul Williams makes a really lovely break, yeah, and then throws what on the original angle looks like quite a normal pass, but when you watch it on the wide shot, it's actually he throws like a quite a long because Stowers is quite far behind him. So he throws quite a long ball and really hangs it in the air for him. Yeah, it's it's really it's perfectly done to be honest because like it's easy to look at the way Williams delivers the pass and think that's not a very good way to execute a two on one because obviously he mm. slows down into the contact. But that's actually kind of what you should do when you've got no support keeping up with you. You know, you fade fade out, fade back in, so you're not slowing down. You're just creatively drawing in the player while allowing yeah. your players chance to catch up. You know. Yeah. And so Styles managed to do it, and it's a really lovely, sympathetic pass, isn't it? And yeah. it perfectly allows Styles to run onto it, and he does his best Chris Ashton impression with the dive. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's both a great and a shocking dive. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. the line it's of like commentary deliberately on, shocking. Yeah, the line of commentary on um, Tulangi's try out in Australia and that win a few months before this tournament. 
yes. where the commentator says it's earthquake stuff. Yeah. Like that really applies here. Like yeah. you can feel the ground shake. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that's all the tries. Hang on. That's, yeah, that's all I have to say on the tries. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're well, t- all three of them are well taken rather yeah. than interesting points of or skill or, or construction. Because yeah. yeah. there's, there's, both teams have their fair share of blown overlaps, which frankly, oh, yeah. if either team, even with these players, with modern day attack coaches, had those overlaps, they'd have scored them all. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. such was the lack of defence more than two passes away from a ruck. And there's one where, like, a backline is so perfectly shaped that these days you'd go, oh, if we cross-kicks it, it's going to be a try. But that yes. wasn't the norm back then. Yes. There was a point in which my brain just went, it's going to be a cross-kick. Yeah, and it just and it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like, some, do the three passes to get it wide. But it isn't, it didn't feel right at all. No, you know, it just no. didn't, my brain wouldn't accept it. PC gets it in kind of the fullback channel. Uh, yeah. George PC, this is. Uh, gets mm. it in the kind of fullback channel and he kind of thinks like oh I'm not really sure what to do at this point am I supposed to run straight am I supposed to run outside you know have a run mm. pass it what am I supposed to do whereas you know there is an answer to that now which is he wouldn't get the ball in the first place it would be kicked across field yes yeah exactly I don't know there's also another thing that happens is so after Samoa have really pulled ahead you know in the final five minutes or so Fiji have brought on the bottom the whole bench. You know, Albert Vuli Vuli makes a huge impact. Yes. Comes on, he's very very good. And they also bring on Akapusi Ngera, yeah. who is a fantastic rugby player, and he's fuming. and an actual rugby player, not whatever Fiji were doing. Yeah, and they also bring on Rapuni Nasinga. Uh, yeah, I know row. where this is going. I know so, where this is going. In the last five minutes, both Akapusi Ngera and Rapuni Nasinga. The replacement lock and flanker, respectively, kick the ball. Both of them putting these little grubbers from themselves to chase. Which Fiji haven't been doing all game. Like, no. You can tell that they've been sat on the bench together and they've overheard a coach behind them saying, like, I think we need to kick a bit more. I think yeah. we need to kick a bit better, you know, put something in behind. And they, instead of coming on and telling the 10 or 12 that, they've just come on and gone, ah, well, I want to show I've been listening. So yeah. kicks, kicks on me, boys. Like, there's an element of fidem about there is. Angera doing Particularly it. Particularly Angera, uh, yeah. But that Nansinger feels exactly like that, like him wanting to show off a bit and be like, yeah, I'm getting myself in the team. You know, I'm, yeah. I was listening. I know the game plan. We kick, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Like, show off. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, no, I, I also picked up on that. That's, yeah, fun. Um, yeah, no, speaking of kicking, mm. Alizana Tualangi puts in two kicks both brilliant. Yeah. The first one is a chip and chase, which he very nearly scores himself. Mm. Kenitale kind of jogs back to ground it. Oh, yeah. <sighs> and beats him to it. It bounces into the end goal area and mm. Kenitale grounds it. Tuolangi was inches away from scoring that try himself. And there's another one where Tuolangi has a run. He bounces Gonover, keeps yeah. running a bit, and then kind of stalls kind of goes back as if like seven style you know to pull a pass or whatever mm. and then puts in an open play box kick and it bounces into the Fijian 22 and they they get like a net gain from it and it's I a really lovely kick yeah no no it, it was really weird especially because mm. it was too alangy and seeing too yeah. kick is not usual because when but he does it's, it's one of those along the touchline for him to chase yeah yeah absolutely yeah. or to smash a fullback you know yeah exactly yeah he wants to put yeah. the fullback into touch yeah so yeah it was bizarre seeing him kick twice in this game 
but yeah. he kicked very well. Mapasura as well did a lovely one. Ma- there was there yeah. was one where he was unlucky as well, where he takes a quick twenty-two dropout and kicks out mm. on the four, and it was nearly inch perfect. Yes. But it's one of those that just sails slightly over the touchline. But yeah, no, there was another lovely wipers kick which you referred to earlier, mm. which just bounces just outside the twenty-two for Fiji. Yeah, no, he had a great game as well, Mapasura. Yeah, um, the one other thing I want to mention, I don't know if you saw this, mm-hmm. but at one point. Uh, Fiji, no, sorry, Samoa kick one of the penalties. Two CPC slots it over because yeah. he's a good rugby player and a good goal kicker. Yeah, yep. he was the statistically best kicker in the tournament. He missed his first shot of goal in this game. Uh, he had the highest kicking percentage. Uh, the other thing that was mentioned at this point in the tournament, there were ten kickers with fifty percent or lower kicking Jesus. accuracy. They weren't all Martin Rodriguez. I think they all played against England, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, to be honest, genuinely good shout. Yeah. Because I feel like Argentina went through about three kickers in that game against England. You yeah. know, Georgia must have gone through one or two. Yeah. Romania certainly had Dumbrava and Dumitrash both had a go. Yeah. So that's genuinely and a shout. They all seem to just keep missing. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, but after he kicks one of his penalties, the camera cuts to Samo- some Samoan fans in the crowd together, and one of them is holding a sign that they have clearly made themselves. Right. Which is, and I had to pause it, it's a picture of the rock. And onto the rock, they have photoshopped a black Samoa jersey. So it looked, I thought it was an all black shirt they photoshopped on at first. But it's not, it's, it, it might just be the light, but it looks like a black shirt with the Samoa crest on it. Right. And sunglasses <laughs> that don't look convincing. Like They clearly couldn't find a picture of the rock in sunglasses, but they wanted the rock to be in sunglasses. So they photoshopped sunglasses onto the rock. Right. Okay. And next to it, it has a quote. It says, and the rock says, beginning a sentence, and, do you smell what the Manu, Manu is bringing? Then, then it's not an ellipsis. It's five dot, 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 which annoys me because an ellipsis is a recognised grammatical thing. It should be, it should be free. Then four exclamation marks. I initially thought that was like another word, but I couldn't read it. And then it says, Auntie Vi, can you smell it? What? <laughs> yep. What the hell is that referring to? Their their auntie. Can their auntie smell what the Manu is bringing? Okay. Okay. Sure. I don't, I don't track the logic in making that sign. No. Because clearly that's an injury that thought about it. They, will bre- they, they will get. Because well, I thought about it, right? So the rock is part Samoan. Mm-hmm. We know that, right? Uh, we know he played rugby briefly. Sure. Um, however, we also know in rugby he's talked about supporting the All Blacks. Mm-hmm. But he's also talked about Samoans being his brothers and so on. And there's a bit actually in the film Hobbs and Shaw, uh, which is maybe the third greatest film of all time, starring The Rock right. and Jason Statham, okay. in which they play a pair of mismatched special service agents who yeah. are brought together in order to Don't stop a bulletproof man played by Andrew Star Jason Statham? Most of them, most yeah. of them. Uh, okay. They're either starring Jason Statham or they're singing in the rain. Okay. We starring should star Jason Statham. Yeah. We should star Jason Statham. I think that should happen. Better. Yeah. yeah, if you took Debbie Reynolds I think place with Jason Statham. Jason Statham should play um, uh, Deacon the Manu in the oh. rom-com adaptation of the film I, fiction. I agree, yeah. He should play Deacon Manu and the statue. Yeah. yeah. Actually, is that appropriation? Or, is that, in sh- fact. We're, we're taking a role, f- we're giving a white actor a role for a piece of paper. Uh, yeah, that's true. I was going to say maybe The Rock should play Deacon Manu and Jason Statham should play the stat sheet. 
Scarlett Johansson as both. Okay, deal. Yeah, she's got range. Okay, and um, Jason Statham can play like Nicky Little or somebody instead. Yeah, but there's a, right, there's a bit in Hobbs and Shaw, right, where the film in which Jason Statham and The Rock have to play mismatched Secret Service agents who hate each other but have to work together in order to stop a bulletproof man from Idris Elba, okay. right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, in which they realise they can't beat Idris Elba alone. So, The Rock decides they need to go and meet his family, so they go to Samoa. Right. And someone in that crowd shot apparently has caps for Samoa because he's got like this, all of these really big Samoan brothers um, who live there. And I hope it's like that. But then they clearly went some wordplay on The Rock's catchphrase being, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Yeah. And turn it in, can you smell what the man who is bringing? Because they're bringing the hurt, the pain, the fire, any sure. or all of the above. Yeah. But then they want to know if their auntie can smell it. <laughs> So, so so specific. I know. Because it was weird before they mentioned their auntie. But the yeah. moment she comes up, it doubles down. Yeah. yeah. And the worst thing is, it's quite a, some of it's quite a good Photoshop. Like, the, the sunglasses Not aren't sunglasses, particularly good. Yeah. But the shirt itself, the you can tell it's photoshopped on. Right, yeah. But it actually looks all right. Right, okay. Like, I had a moment of looking back and, oh, is it photoshopped? No, can it, you, it is. Can you find a picture of this uh, and maybe it like, will attach it somewhere? I can try and find Please. one. I can try yeah. and dig back through for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll it's after, it I think like, his last penalty, the one makes it 15 nil. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, yeah I'll have a look it's, it's, a, it's certainly a, certainly a thing. Do you have anything else before we move on to our... Uh, I have one final thing. The, Go on. There's a point about half an hour or so into the game where mm-hmm. um, Fiji throw a line out in, so it's near Cotto throws it in, and mm-hmm. you can hear Moshuaga very loudly on the ref mic shouting, not straight, and then yes. the referee gives it as not straight. And so for every remaining line out of the first half, Shuaga <laughs> shouts, not straight, as soon as Cotto's <laughs> thrown it in, which I think is a great bit of shithousery. And I like that. There's another point where there's an, a nondescript, really posh touch judge who I don't recall, I don't recognise. Okay. But there's a point where uh, Fiji are throwing it again to a line out. Uh, this is the start of the second half. And Schwalga is basically stood in Cotto's way to, as he's about to throw it in. Mm-hmm. And um, so this posh English touch judge is saying, oh, two blue, move, move, move through steps that way. Uh, so he's out of Cotto's way and actually stood in the hooker channel. And Schwalga just kind of looks at him and doesn't move. And he just gives him a look of, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> and just doesn't move. And he just stays there. And yeah, like the touch judge wasn't going to, he wasn't going to penalise him. It's not really an offence where like, you know, obviously he wasn't going to throw it into him. If it made an impact, then maybe you get penalised for it. But yeah. Schwalga just gives him a look of just like, well, you're not going to do anything. So I'm going to stay here. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's great. He's great. Schwalga, great player. Great guy and great leader of the war dance. We should yeah. probably touch on the head to head war dancers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the beginning. The Thimby against the Civitel. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's why the atmosphere is so great because they get properly pumped up by. And they don't do them at the same time as happened in the previous They do them Cup, slightly out Tonga. of sync. But yeah, so, so they, they overlap. Yeah. But Fiji do most of theirs and then when they're like 80% of the way through, some other start. It's the other way around. And, oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's great for building an atmosphere and building an occasion. Absolutely, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And because you don't realise it when it's at night, but Eden Park, the crowd is actually quite close to the the stands, hmm. to the, also to the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you get a real sense of even the really high up seats feel quite close. Yeah. Unlike a lot of test grounds, you know, where like if yeah. you, we both, I'm sure, sat up in the rafters in 
the Millennium in Twickenham. Twickenham, yeah. And you don't feel near the pitch, you know. You're like you're yeah. you're still in the ground, you still get the atmosphere, but you don't you you don't feel close to the players. Whereas you get the yeah. impression from Eden Park, you look like that. And like I really got that in Tokyo. Like the Tokyo Stadium's amazing for that. Mm. Like the sight lines are great. Yeah. But yeah, obviously I've never been to Eden Park, you know. No, um, of course. If Jamie says he was last week, he'd be far better qualified yeah. to who's gonna be there this weekend, but there we go, never mind. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I thought that was a fantastic moment for kind of raising the atmosphere and building that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, if you had to pick a winner of the War Dance War, who who would you pick? Samoa. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Samoa. N- not just based on the fact that the Civil Tower is an objectively better dance, I, I say objectively, yeah. in my opinion. But no, they, they smashed it going into this. And like, this was a really good Samoan team at that because they were all yeah. terrifying. So yeah. The Civil Tower is my favourite of the four war dancers. Agreed. Yeah, by far. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think the everyone sinking up on the Le Manu yeah. is iconic and wonderful. Yeah. And Schwalger was the man to lead yeah. the war dance. Because he was so good at the Le Manu. Yeah, yeah. He was terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wouldn't pick on him. No, I, I suppose you can judge. split different hackers off if you've got two or three hackers. Yeah. But I still I still take the Civitao over the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do like the Kaparapango hacker, but yeah. that's yeah, not yeah, as good yeah. as the Civitao. Like, I'd, I'd have that in second place. Yeah, I think I then have, yeah, two hackers in second and yeah. third place. I'm then maybe looking at the Sippy Tau. You reckon? And then probably the Phoebe last. Really? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. yeah, I think I'd go, yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I don't know if this is like cultural like appropriation, yeah, just yeah, ranking yeah. them, but yeah, at the same just, time. What's your favourite war dance? <laughs> yes. It's very Alan Partridge. In I was about to say, it's an Alan Partridge phone. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. They can do them all to the Phoebe Last. Slavery was quite difficult, wasn't it? <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, have you ever married a tax sheet? <laughs> Should we move on to our closing segment? Let's move on to man of the match and tick of the day. Should we start with tick of the day? Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'll go first. Shall I go first, please? Yeah. Okay. So there's a point where Fiji are about to play some kind of shape off ten. So okay. Nicholas has the ball and he's passing the ball to Deacon Manu himself. Uh, you know who's who's left. He's he's tucked his wife up into bed and gone out and uh, is leading his country and he's about to carry the ball at which point Saramaya Bai just kind of decides no I'd rather have the ball to the point <laughs> which he tries intercepting the pass knocks mm-hmm. it on about 10 yards and looks like he's kind of tackling Deacon Manu because he's that desperate to have the ball himself when he wasn't going to do anything he just wanted the ball and it was just really selfish and stupid uh, so Fiji cough up the, cough up the ball because Manu was effectively tackled by his own player, being Saramaya Bai. So my dick of the day is Saramaya Bai. That's very deserving. That's a yeah. very, very good shout, dick of the day. My dick of the day is Nimi Kenatale. For A, his just total inability to pass. Yeah. And B, for the fact that clearly his forwards did not listen to him. and did not respect <laughs> him. Okay, this so is good. Carry he's on. He's the Fiji scrum half. And I noticed that at first, towards the end of the first half, that he's got screaming at two of his forwards to kind of move that way, and they just don't listen to him. And then one of them walks around to the other side of the ruck and does the exact opposite of what he's he's calling for. And then I started to like, a, I went like, hold you, on, what just... you tell me moment? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like I then started to think, like, hold on, is that 
th- those two just weren't listening to him. And I then started to keep an eye on it, and none of the forwards were listening to a word he was saying the whole game. That's so funny. I didn't know. So not that. only could he not pass, and not only did he almost let two Lange score that try. I, was, I nearly had him in for that. Yeah. I nearly put him in stick of the day for that. Yeah, but he just, he wasn't listening. And then it came to the point in which there's a point That's where so Fiji funny. have a bit of an overlap in the second half. And the fly half twice, re- once he, oh, he no, works I know what around to the other about. side, uh, and he calls the ball. And the fly then, the, uh, Kenatali doesn't give it, he throws a mispass. And then, I think the one, you, yeah, you're thinking of, where yeah, completely open on the blind side. They've got a 15-metre blind side and nothing yeah, there. No one Kenatale there. shrugs. Yeah. He actively shrugs when there's like Murmur Ivalo or somebody spots this and goes, Oh wait, no, I'm gonna hug yeah. that touchline when he's just letting his forwards pick and go. And like he sees him, he spots that his man's completely unmarked for fifteen yeah. meters. I get you know, if somebody's unmarked, you don't always necessarily have to pass them the ball because somebody could yeah. cover across or whatever. But yeah, fifteen meters, that ball is beating the man. Can't hardly shrugs. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So all of this added up to him being very much my dick of the day. Yeah, well deserved. No, you've you've nailed that. Fair play. <laughs> it's too uh, late for me to change to... my call, but yeah, you've, you've nailed that. <laughs> should we move on to man of the match? Sure. My man of the match is Khan Fotowali. Mm-hmm. Because, and ironically, I was going to say a lot of it is down to the fact that he controlled his forwards really well. And like, <laughs> yes. he, but like, he very clearly knew what the Samoan game plan was. He always was very annoying in defence. He mm. kicked well. His passing was sharp. And he was such a control freak, you know, that like whether mm. it was his outside centre or his loose head prop or whatever, he would he would tell them what their role is. And he absolutely nailed it and took his try well, of course. Mm. And yeah, no, he was really good in this game. Made a little half break as well where he dummied this box kick. Uh, yeah, no, he had a really good game. Mm. Yeah, no, I I agree with Fatouli. Uh He was one of the the few. And, well, really, I think there's two players in contention. As I say, like Nalanga and Talai have very yeah. good Fiji, but yeah. I don't think they're really in contention. The other uh, thing was Tusi PC, by the way. Um, Tusi, uh, yeah, so Tusi PC right up there, and George Dowers, I think, is yeah, outstanding. Question. Like yeah. George Dowers, I think, is really really good. Yeah, um, and aggressive. if I was going to give it to a player, I'd give it to George Dowers. However, I'm going to give it to the crowd. Because I think this game is made and brought alive by what the crowd. What a cop-out answer. I know. No, it's George Dowers. Like, it's George yeah, Dowers okay. if we're picking a player. Sure. But I am allowed to give it to the crowd. Are you going to allow it? Or should I give it to George Dowers? It's a lot of people. And you just can put it in the stat sheet as the Samoan crowd. Yeah, people of the match. Yeah. Well, I just want the stat sheet to be as long as possible so Deacon Marnie's got something to do with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fair. That's the thing, because I don't think the man of the match or dick of the day has to be someone who's playing or even involved in the game. But I think no. the crowd is a bit of a stretch. I don't well, know. We've had at least two referees. At least George Clancy and Nigel Owens have got nominations. Yeah, and rugby was nominated. So, DJ and the Khaled commentators have got a nomination once. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's the first man of the match nomination that isn't from a team, though. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. Okay, no, I'll go. I'll go for George Towers. I'll okay. be boring. We nearly Fine. gave Scott Van Der for his uh, lion team. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. George Towers gets my official nod of the match. Okay, so I think that brings us pretty much through all of the rugby yeah. and also whatever Fiji were doing. Yeah, this 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 episode's been a lot longer than I thought it would be. <laughs> I know. I had nothing to say about this game. Yeah. But Which is why I've talked about John Lewis adverts. I was going to say, yeah, and uh, the Kooks. Yes. Yeah. So, and Jason Statham. I always want to talk about Jason Statham. Yeah. Please, please, if you're so inclined, if you fancy it, 
join us again next week, next time, when we will be talking about another truly iconic fixture from the Rugby World Cup. It was Ireland 62, Russia 12. It was a rugby match that took place uh, in New Zealand. Yeah. However, the game after that, and the one they were very much teasing the whole way during this game and during the half-time and post-match and pre-match and everything, is the game after that, Argentina against Scotland. Oh, hello. Which is one of the games of the tournament. And one of the most kind of iconic games of this tournament and of any Rugby World Cup, one of those iconic pool games, I think, yeah. of the last last few World Cups. Yeah, yeah, and also, you know, I agree with all of that, and I just want to, again, thank everyone for listening, and please do leave your fan fiction in the reviews. Please do stick to that. And uh, Please do. Thank you all for listening, and before we go, I'd just like to say, I love you like Deacon Manu loves stat sheets. Yes, and I wanted to say a very special message for Deacon Manu, if he is listening, you know. All the stat sheets. I don't I don't know if Deacon Marnie himself is listening, um, but I want to add a little little special treat. A little like a little moment of like ASMR for Deacon Marnie. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I'm, ready. I'm going to come up to the microphone. I don't know if you hear that properly. But what I really want to say is hello Deacon in this match. Against Samoa, you made six tackles and you missed one. I hope you're having a really, really nice evening and that you appreciated all three of your carrying meters in this game against Samoa. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.